Welcome back, everyone, to the Flying Lion podcast. I'm here tonight with Sam, who's back this year. Sam, we're starting the official MLS 2024 season. The guys reported this week for Media Day. I'm feeling pumped. I'm ready. I think we got close to 40 days before the first game, but um, I'm ready for it to, to be back here finally. But Sam, how are you doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, 2024 off to a crazy start. Um, I mean, it, it felt like within the first, you know, week of the the transfer window, it was going, and then now it's I, I, it's kind of stagnant. We'll we'll touch on that a little bit more um, in the podcast. But yeah, great to be back on the podcast, um, starting season number two of the <laughs> Flying Lion podcast. Um, but yeah. Pretty pumped to uh, chat tonight, like Sam had mentioned. A um, couple of rumors for transfers. Um, recapping, you know, from last week, um, we had one guy depart, one guy come in that we had talked about in the previous pod. We had a couple guys get called up to the U.S. men's national team we're going to touch on a little bit. We had some Aaron Bupenza news that, you know, we're unfortunately having to report on as well. Um, but yeah, I would agree with Sam. You know, after the end of the season, you get a lot of news right away. You get a lot of, all right, which guys are out of contract, which guys are staying. Um, you kind of get some rumors. You know, we end up getting Miles Robinson. And then all of a sudden, it kind of slows down on what's going on. Um, the guys are starting to report now, like we had mentioned, for media day yesterday and now for training starting this week. But Sam, I'm looking outside. Um, it's pretty frigid out there. I don't know how the guys are going to be training out in this weather. Yeah, no kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely thinking that they're ready to go to to Florida, um, real, real quick, real soon. Yeah. Um, here probably what was it at the end of the month, uh, beginning yeah. of February, right there. So, um, starting preseason for them is going to be absolutely like let's let's go, like let's get out of the cold right, right. now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've played in the cold yourself, but the ball's harder. I mean, it's harder to kick. You just have a tendency just to be more tired just because of the air, to be honest with you. Um, but then switching from training in that to then playing down in Florida, I mean, you have to get your body used to the heat, the humidity and everything. So it'll be quite the change. Um, and that's something that I think we can talk on in the next couple of podcasts. But, you know, having these preseason games down there and then coming back up, you know, first home game for the MLS season, February 25th, um, likely to be a cold one. So maybe this training now gets them a little bit prepared for that, but I don't think anything can really you know, set you up. At least it's not football. You know, we saw Kansas City and now we're seeing Buffalo tonight. You know, at least they're not tackling each other to the ground and, you know, actually having that contact, but still it's it's pretty frigid. Yeah, it's um it's it's not too good. But uh <laughs> to, to to touch on things as far as you know, kind of like a weekly recap or review. Um first off, Corey Baird, welcome to FC Cincinnati. Um the news we have been waiting for, uh, obviously there had been rumors that he was going to be, you know, the next up signing, especially after the Vasquez rumor started circulate, circulating where he was going to go. Um, but yeah, good to have him on the squad, more of a, a, a forward slash winger, um, kind of the similar style of like Bupenza because Bupenza plays on the wing and kind of as a, as a six at times. So um, number nine, interesting to see how not he's a, not gonna, a six and nine, number nine, yeah, <laughs> number nine. But, um, 
yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of that pairing up top. If that's what we, what we end up going with um, here in the the podcast, I'm sure we'll touch on, you know, mother, some other additions, but yeah, Corey Baird, welcome to FC. Yeah, pretty pumped. Um, like we talked on the last time, it was kind of a rumor at that point, but seemed like it was moving in that direction. Um, you know, he signs as a free agent. Really, Sam, we can't afford to sign anyone with a transfer fee right now, but a free agent coming in, you know, through 2025 with an option for 2026. Um, coming from Houston Dynamo last year, had 14 goals, eight assists, and 48 competitions. Had a career year, to be honest. I mean, prior to that, like we had touched on, was fairly average. Um, but I think like Sam had pointed out, plays a, a good role in providing some stability in the attack um, and the ability to play different positions. You know, we saw Baji being able to do that. So for Corey Baird to play a couple different attacking roles, potentially even like we had mentioned before, filling in for Lucho if he needs to as well. Um, I, I think that comes with a nice added bonus to that. So interesting to see though, how Baird will work with Bupenza. Um, the killer bees up top. I'm going to term that right now, but uh, I think at least for now, what I'm at least seeing is it's going to be tough to bring in a solid, you know, max Tam type striker um, with the way that the roster is currently built, unless they kind of buy down uh, either Wobodo or somebody else to create that spot. So it's looking more like the summer for a big main attacking striker, um, or somebody that fits a role similar to Brandon Vasquez as a holdup player where Corey Baird is playing a similar role kind of to Bupenza. So um, at least for now, will be a nice kind of fill in, but I know they're actively looking out, you know, for other strikers, Sam, we're going to touch on that later. You made a good call on one potential. Um, one thing I wanted to real quick mention about Corey Baird though, is that he actually was coached by Kenny arena, our assistant coach when he was in uh, LA in 2021 he had three goals, two assists, and I think about 15 games. But the continuity, you know, being able to come back and work with one of the coaches again is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a guy who set career highs in, in goals, assist appearances uh, with Dynamo. And then he was a, a crucial part of them winning the U.S. Open Cup title, True. right, um, in 2023, starting every single match of the club's run. So um, he's a guy that is healthy as well all the time. Um, and I also, you know, so Zach's out, you know, he's not on the pod right now. So, you know, I have to make up for it in the statistics category. So I, <laughs> I decided to, um, but among forwards, he was, he, he was in the 84th percentile in assists last season and the 93rd percentile um, in passing accuracy. So it shows that, he can be a guy that you can play the ball off really well and has good holdup play. Um, he also had a, a plus minus of uh, plus 11. So the best of his career, actually. So this is a guy that we're taking and kind of wanting him to take his game to the next level like right. he did last season. So just improving on last season um, in the upwards trajectory. He's on the upwards trajectory. So so is FC Cincinnati. It kind of like works together. Yeah, I mean, great shout. He's still young, too. I think at 27, he's kind of right at his his peak. Uh, or I wouldn't even call it his peak yet, but let's say he's on the trend up, hopefully, from last year. Yeah. Um, another thing, you know, that I think is crucial is he's a winner. Like you mentioned, he won U.S. Open Cup. LAFC, I believe he might have won a supporter shield out there with them, too. But Sam, in college for Stanford, he won three college cups. He won the NCAA championship three years in a row. So, 
proven winner. Um, and th- I just kind of found this interesting, but bonus trivia question for you. Are there any other SC Cincinnati players that have won the NCAA championship in college? Trying to think of other, other people that would have, I mean, college guys that I'm thinking in my mind are the, the newer guys, but I don't sure. think they've ever won a title. So, yeah. I mean, no, I, I'm no names are coming to my head as far as like ones that I'm like, yeah, a hundred percent. I think I can think of that guy. <laughs> so kind of interesting. I mainly looked at the MLS players, um, but Corbin bone 2007 with Wake Forest, Darren Maddox, 2010 with Akron. Um, and then Corey Baird. So three, at least MLS players that have won the NCAA championship. Um, kind of, I, I found that interesting, you know, another guys from the current roster, but um you know, proven winner. And I, I think we have seen how that translates to a good team and um, hopefully will move us forward, you know, for next year, but moving on from Corey Baird again, we're pretty pumped about him, but we had some awesome news, Sam, since the last podcast, um, there was an announcement by the U S men's national team. I'll uh, let you kind of give us a rundown on that. Yeah. U S men's national team announcement. Um, three guys, going into it and when you when you hear u.s men's national team you think of three guys right they're like oh it was probably miazga vasquez isn't on the team so that's a little weird but uh maybe maybe celentano he's had looks well yes that would be one guy ian murphy is actually one guy and then the newest guy to fc cincinnati miles robinson those three got called into training and uh there there's a little there's interesting takes on on this January camp um, year after year. And first of all, I, I'd like to point out that those three together, I'm very happy that they're building chemistry together. Um, they're getting more acquainted with each other. Um, this is really more for Robinson and Murphy to get acquainted with each other um, as well. I mean, yeah, of, of course, getting acquainted with Celentano and his tendencies from, you know, working out of the back, et cetera. Um, Miazga doesn't really need as much getting acquainted with, but, um, being the defender of the year and all, but <laughs> yeah, I, I did think it was a very, the check-in video that FC Cincinnati had posted on their socials was very, um, was very awkward and needed a, needed a little bit more chemistry there boys. But yeah, for the most part, I'm happy that all three of them are, are getting this chance and I'll touch on a little bit here. What I think of the January camp. When you see that video Sam is referencing, you guys can go back and look at FC Cincinnati's tweet. Um, you know, for how much Roman uses his hands as his profession, he did not know what to do with his hands in that video. It was just pretty funny. Um, but yeah, it seemed, tell, seemed tell cool. it seemed <laughs> did. He's like, what do I do with my hands? But uh, <laughs> yeah, good shout. Um, yeah, I was pumped to see Murphy there. I, I think a lot of people uh, were surprised by that, but. Um, at least for our standpoint, you know, bringing him in, you know, if he's not going to be in the FC camp um, for preseason, at least to work with Miles Robinson, like you said, to get acquainted with each other um, it is a good first step because I, I really see Murphy playing on the left of a three center back system. If we go that way um, with Miazga in the middle, potentially, and then Robinson on the right, most likely um, being that, you know, again, Murphy's left footed. So that'll be interesting. Um they have a game coming up on January 20th. They're playing uh, Slovenia in Texas. 
Um, so hopefully those guys will get some minutes. Um, th- this camp is, is termed camp cupcake. So yeah, it's not the a team squad, but Hey, still accounts for, uh, you know, us men's national team cap if they actually get an appearance. Uh, and we've seen a lot of guys actually take advantage of this, you know, get under, you know, Greg Berhalter's radar, you know, enough that they're called in, but then to see how they train and potentially play with each other. These are arguably some of the better players in the MLS that are at least U.S. national team players. So um, it's good that they're recognizing that we have good talent on the team. Like you mentioned, there's other guys that could potentially be added, um, but that's for a later podcast. So, Yeah, I think in the past years, this camp was more for the the MLS guys, right? And still is, Uh, but it was a more reputable camp because more of the players were playing in the MLS rather than now more of the players that are on the A or B squads are playing overseas. So it kind of makes it more of a a scouting ploy rather than actually seeing guys build chemistry on the national team. (laughs) It's almost like an open tryout, if you will, uh, to see, you know, who could be worth it to even make it on the C team. Yeah. I mean, it's an honor anytime you're caught up to your country. Like, would you be mad to be called up to play for the U.S. though? No, no. I'm just <laughs> saying from from a U.S. men's national team standpoint. Oh, I mean, yeah. Of course, if yeah. I'm a player and I get yeah. called in, like, yeah, I'm sure. going gonna, gonna to be super hyped and, right. oh, my gosh, this is my first cap. But, like, from a standpoint of, like, hey, we want to win a World, World Cup. Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. It doesn't really do much for me. Well, and if you look at like other countries, though, you know, look at Bayern Munich, look at Dortmund, you know, and in Germany, a lot of the best players or even Spain, you know, Real Madrid and Barcelona, the teams referring to the national teams are made up of players from their respective teams, you know, in Spain, in Germany. So are we getting closer to a point where some MLS players are going to contribute for the U.S. men's national team? I don't know. I mean, obviously right now our A squad's the majority of European people, but in the relevancy of what's been going on with Miles Robinson, with Brandon Vasquez, I mean, these guys are doing what is best for their personal careers in their moment for them to make money, to continue their career and to have the best opportunity to still, you know, make the team. So there's a lot of stuff out there online about it, but don't let any of it fool you. I mean, these guys are obviously pumped for where, with where they're at, obviously I'm sure some of them would love to be playing in England, but the MLS is getting better slowly. I went on my little tirade about that. (laughs) No. Yeah. Once again, like a cap's a cap, right. And it, it is what it is. Um, And I, I hope that, you know, guys like Murphy, guys like Robinson, especially, I mean, maybe even Celentano as well, really just grab a hold of, you know, Greg Birdholter's eye to see, sure. hey, like we're building something special in FC Cincinnati. But um, yeah, yeah, for the most part, going to be tuning in for that friendly probably in Texas. Yeah, I mean, speaking of another international player, so Aaron Bupenza, um, you know, our DP striker, he's going to have a, a vital role this year. Um, news came out, you know, this past week um, that he might have had his phone stolen. He had a personal video on it. Um, which we'll kind of just leave it at that at this point, all this news comes out about it at first. Um, and you know, the ramifications that if people got a hold of this video, it could mean up to five years in jail. Um, so more has come out a little bit about, you know, the fact that he might have been blackmailed again. I don't know 
too much other than this reporting. You know, Pat Brennan had released a story about it as well and hearing him kind of speak on it. Really, you know, just support for the player and what's been going on. It seems to be the initial story and the way they portrayed it at first doesn't always seem to be the way that it's actually, you know, going on. But I'm happy to see that, you know, Bupens is in Cincinnati. He's here for the preseason. I'm sure he's ready just to kind of clear his head from all of this and to be able to hopefully just move on. But it sounds like this is an ongoing thing. So how that's going to affect him moving forward will be interesting. But it is kind of interesting how news travels so fastly and how jokes are put out there so quickly. Um, and we're so rash to it. But, you know, at least hearing from other sides is important, I think, is what I kind of took away. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, like I like you said, I mean, it's nice to see him in training, surrounded by his teammates, coaches, et cetera. Definitely some guys that he will need, you know, he'll need their support right. during this time, um, even if it is hopefully pretty short. Um, but I did, I did see a meme that I thought was the epitome of this situation, and that was Miazga and Bupenza. One said, release <laughs> the tapes, and the other said, don't release the tapes. <laughs> That's pretty I funny. thought that was fantastic. That yeah. was brilliant. Um, but it, it really is a, a sad situation to see because this man, we saw it in the offseason. He's on billboards in Gabon. Yeah. Like he's a big deal over there. And sure. for someone to to want to kind of ruin his life like this and, and hack his phone, it just sucks. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine. You know, that's why we have privacy here. And that's why, you know, I don't know, stuff happens. People figure information out that maybe you don't want, but for Bupenza to be, like you said, such a notable player, he's under so much scrutiny, even before with everything that had happened last year with, you know, coming back to training late and stuff like that. So you're even more under a microscope for this season. And I, again, I'm just so happy that he is here. I saw a video yesterday from media day of, you know, Nick Hagelin joking around with Aaron Bupenza, like the most unlikely, in my opinion, of people to be like interacting with each other. But Nick's always kind of got people's backs and seems to be uplifting in the way that he jokes around. Um, I, I would imagine a lot of the guys think he's probably the biggest goofball in the locker room. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. I mean, obviously you see when he scores a goal, he's got a lot of personality <laughs> and um, I mean, the, the guy's well, an acrobat as well. So. so Sam, I forgot to speak on this with Corey Baird, but apparently Corey Baird is up there on the list of goal celebrations. He's got the bunny hop apparently is his thing. So can you imagine, you know, 3,000 people in the Bailey doing the bunny hop? I, that'd be a lot of stomping. <laughs> it would be. It would be. It would be interesting. I think the Shalala Laws will continue with a combination of a, with a bunny hop, and then we have Bupenza with his backflip. So we have uh, a lot of celebrations going on in the, uh, the striker room right now. But moving on from some of the uh, other news from last week, um, you know, I think the big thing right now and what we're waiting on is to see what happens with um, Alvaro Barrial. You know, we still have this rumor potentially of him being interested from a team in France, but, you know, more has come out that says there's actually not been an official offer. And then more recently that says, well, now maybe they're agreeing on personal terms. It, it seems like it's like a every day or every week seems to be like just dragging on for this scenario where the Vasquez thing was kind of, you know, cleaned up pretty quick. We can move on. We found our other forward. We're still kind of dragging our feet and Alvaro's, you know, yet to show up in Cincinnati. I personally don't think he comes back for it because 
even if we don't find him a permanent move right now, um, you know, I, I think a loan might be an option at this point for maybe five, six months before he gets formally moved potentially uh, in the summer. What are, your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think the situation as a whole, to your point, I mean, there's been multiple reports that have come out that said that they did or they didn't. Um, but then there's also been reports that I've even seen that there have been up to two offers and FC Cincinnati isn't happy with the amount that lends his offer. That's true. Right? I saw so, that one too. Yeah, there, there's different ones. And, you know, I, I think the loan option is interesting. Um, I don't think a loan option makes sense for Barrial in this point in his career. Sure. I think they will eventually probably get a deal done um, instead of for the amount of money FC Cincinnati wants. It may be a sell-on clause that, you know, they can't refuse from Lens, mm -hmm. um, that, you know, FC gets a certain percentage because I know, you know, the club in Argentina will get a, a certain percentage if FC Cincinnati sells. So maybe a similar right? type situation. Yeah. So I'm sure FC wants that covered, right? So if, you know, club in Argentina is taking 25, I'm sure FC Cincinnati wants to cover their bearings a little bit and, and get a little bit more, but yeah. Yeah, I think something like that has to be to get the deal done, even if it's not the number that they want. It's got to be some little integral little thing. We've shown that we've been willing to allow these players to make these moves too. It's not like we're holding Alvaro back. I think they're just trying to make sure it's best for the club at this point. Um, so, you know, all these people are like, oh, they're holding their players back. Oh, they want to go overseas. It's like we're trying to felicitate or, you know, facilitate that. I said the wrong word, but facilitate that. It's just a matter of what makes the best sense for us and our club and us moving forward. Um, so I think that, you know, hopefully will be ironed out, but I think it kind of handcuffs us in some ways too, because you need some of that money to buy players and to bring these people in. Luckily, you know, the MLS window is a little bit longer, um, but at least the European window, you know, that technically closes on February 1st. So if we're going that direction, you know, it, it has to be sooner than later. So I would imagine here in the next week or two, we're going to see more movement with that. But I love some of the polls online of, you know, do you think Alvaro is going to show up to Cincinnati? And, you know, he's technically still under contract and everything. I'm like, I don't I don't really think so. I think he's been pretty happy down in Argentina training, you know, at his former club's training grounds and being around his friends. It seems like he's pretty much moved on. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think we'll touch a little bit more on sooner rather than later um, and how that affects the whole roster. But um, speaking of other media day stuff, we had that on Sunday. Um, a few things that, that I saw that that came out to me was, you know, Miazga uh, saying hi in the video. I thought that was awesome, mm -hmm. as well as Acosta doing some some interviews and different things. Um, they they. I believe they posted what I was just going to say. The thing with him is he brought the blonde back. I don't know if you saw yes. that. Yes, he did. Yes, he was he did. matching the, uh, the snow outside. Is it blonde or white? I, think, I can't I think, tell. No, I, th I, I think it is blonde, but I mean, it looked kind of like it may, it may just be snow. What if it's just snow, just snow on his hair. Yeah. It's just snow. That's not melting on his head. I the mean, real frosted know. tips. Yes. Like actual frosted, actual tips. frosted he's got tips. a, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, he made his appearance, then, Sam, in um, the MLS media day, actually, before, you know, FC Cincinnati had their media day yesterday. Yeah. 
this past weekend, you know, we get word that he was representing the club, um, you know, for this. And you see this cream colored jacket and everyone's kind of wondering, is that to bring it up? People were buzzing. People is that buzzing what the new kit's going to be? That new away kit that we're looking at possibly a white or cream color to Sam? I don't know. What do you think? I was about to say that the, they also Jersey teased. They had a video sure. that was Jersey teasing. So they're yeah. letting us know. And in about a month or so, we're going to figure out what this new Jersey is. One month and a day. color would be interesting. February 16th. Stay tuned. It sounds like at least the jacket might be kind of pushing people towards that way. I think it'd be kind of cool to have a creamsicle color. It, it, I think it works well enough with the, the orange and the blue. Um, That way it it kind of accents it a little bit. It's not too overbearing on Mm -hmm. the orange. Yeah. I don't want to get into color schemes and all that right now. But, well, you you um, sent out a tweet yesterday about the favorite kits, and we had a lot of people that were – I think I saw did orange was pretty crazy. high. I yeah. was shocked about that. River kits, um, you know, obviously with yeah, winning People the trophy, love the river kits. Yeah. Absolutely. But the old, you know, uh, USL diamond one, I think that needs to be incorporated in these jerseys. Everyone loves the diamonds. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought the results were a little interesting. I didn't know – what kind of impact we were going to have there and we had <laughs> what like 20 responses or something like that right now yeah. so if you haven't responded yeah let, us, let know. us know what your favorite kits yeah let us know your favorite kit in fc cincinnati history there um and do you I think mean, the I cream is going to be we'll this year. kids but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that we we'd like that answered if you if, if you have insight as well if you're like hey actually cream is <laughs> yeah the, let us know it's yeah um, but the other things that they were announcing for media day or around media day, obviously we mentioned it um, at the beginning of the podcast, but the preseason schedule mm-hmm. down in Florida, uh, January 26th, we start off with Austin, February 1st, we go to New England, February 9th, we got Philly, and then we cap it off February 15th with New England again. Caleb Porter, we're going to see a lot of him this preseason. Yeah, no kidding. It's interesting, yeah, that New England, um, usually, you know, Philly was the team that we're playing a lot with the relations with them. You know, no shocker that they're on there, but um, Austin was kind of a surprise. Um, Sam, I'm kind of surprised not to see uh, University of South Florida. We seem to be playing them every preseason. It seems like literally every year. And we actually drafted a player from them this year in the Super Draft, too. Um, So (laughs) maybe we'll get a late addition. Yeah, the things, though, that you see with the preseason, I mean, they could probably have a game with somebody we wouldn't know until Laurel or or Pat or somebody was like, oh, yeah, they had an exhibition with these people. And it was like, like, oh, well, I didn't even I didn't even know. Um, Yeah, I think I made the comment on Twitter. Yes, I was about to comment on this this past week. Yeah. And I made the comment. It was it was fun seeing the games start at, you know, two hours later and then seeing the final two hours later, right, via Twitter. So you'd see the game start and then nothing. And you go, oh, it, the score was two to one. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess I guess that was cool. <laughs> well, it reminded me, like, things that I'm getting excited for now is, like, final game tweets, like Sam said, or, <laughs> you know, line change. You get nine people that, you know, come into the match at a time or whatever. Uh, or the, yeah. you know, trialist number one or trialist number three. And you're like trying to look at the photos and see like, oh, do I recognize who that is? Is that, 
Is yeah. that uh is is that Mbappe that I see there? You know, he is available potentially. So no, it, it is kind of a fun time just to look at the clues a little bit and see um the potentials. But I mean ultimately I would love to have streams of these games, but it doesn't sound like that's happening. What we need, and Apple TV better get on this. We need a hard knocks for the MLS preseason. Good shout. How I mean, cool that be? MLS did pair with box to box media this week, and they're doing a drive to survive type documentary series for the MLS for this season. So stay tuned, That's everyone. So cool. It's going to be very interesting. But Sam, I think you have a, a trivia question for us, um, and then we'll we'll cut to a break here. Yeah, so trivia question of the week is who is FC Cincinnati's most expensive signing in terms of transfer fee and from which club did they acquire this player? Transfer in, correct? Yes. Players we brought into a club. I'm going to go with Brenner, I think. Yeah, I'm going to lock it in and Brenner. All right, Ryan's going Brenner. We'll be right back after the break. So Agility is a technology-driven soccer training facility. So we offer six facets of training. Uh, that would be Tech Touch uh, with ball launchers that work on your first touch, the TSZ, uh, which is the ESA equipment and working on decision-making. We also have a circuit. Uh, circuit training would be taking the ESA equipment to the next level. It's kind of like a soccer obstacle course. Then we offer neuroscience training with our reflection tools, uh, working on processing things a little bit faster, hand-eye coordination and such. Uh, we offer skills classes, which is your typical coreverse skills training. Um, lots of people still enjoy that, so we work on a lot of attacking 1v1 skills. And then we also offer athlete development. So our athletes come here and they work on speed, agility, uh, quickness, explosive movements, really just learning how to move and function a little bit better as an athlete. Welcome back, everyone, to the Flying Line Podcast. Thanks again for listening to our sponsor there. Again, we're here with Sam tonight, talking a little bit of news from this past week. Preseason just opened up for year two of the Flying Line Podcast, but year 2024 and the MLS season now begins with some training this week, too. Um, Sam, I'm I'm just pumped that we're finally kind of getting things moving towards actually having some games here soon. Yeah, um, you know, we, we discuss preseason games, but obviously first game isn't until February 23rd. Um, so funny thing is we still have a lot of moves that need to be made, and mm -hmm. we have a little under a month um, in order to get those, th or I guess a little over a month to get those things done um, and, and ready for that first game. Thank God that, uh, you know, Chris Albright's birthday was yesterday because I'm sure his uh... – Monday through Fridays for the next couple of weeks are going to be booked solid. Um, I'm a little, a little worried. Busy. I was going to ask you if you're concerned. I'm a little concerned right now. It is early. We, we still have several weeks, but um, we don't have a solid right back. We don't have a solid left back right now. You know, obviously offloading uh, Vasquez um, created 1.2 million in, in GAM, but um yeah, I, I don't know. Like, what are we going to do with this money? What are we going to do with those spots? You know, we're going to talk a little bit now on a few guys that, you know, we were talking about contract renewals. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, don't don't even act like you're a little bit concerned. I, I think you're. I think you're pretty. I think you're pretty concerned. Um, but yeah, you, you make up some good points. Um, you know, offloading Vasquez frees up you know a decent amount of gam, um, and then Barrial, you know, like you said, would would open up a lot as well. So the more that we can get these kind of pending moves done, mm-hmm. it helps the future of since you know FC Cincinnati. Now looking at you know, the lack of depth with the right wing and the, and the left wing, um, you know, where, where are we with that? Right. As far as we had prospects for those positions. Now it just seems like we're going to resign, you know, the guys that we had, there's really no prospects that, you know, have come to fruition as far as, okay. Yeah. FC is looking at these guys. Um, it, it's more of, you know, is Barrial going to stay? Um, is Arias going to stay? Um, mm-hmm. We haven't really heard anything from, you know, the other guys, but um, probably one of the biggest guys that we need to talk about is Arias. And the offer has been made, but the agent wants more money, right? So it's another situation where it's a, kind of a, a murky situation. At the beginning of this, the window and at the end of the season, he wanted to come back. He was like, I, FC Cincinnati is my priority. And his agent was like, okay, we'll make it a priority. Now the relationship seems to be a little bit messy. And FC, I think, really needs to get this deal done. And a full season of Arias is, is going to be amazing. Yeah, I think for a guy, for me, what I see is a guy that was kind of battling injuries. You know, he's 31, now 32. He just had a birthday. Something telling to me, you know, I don't know if it's small things or not, right? But FC Cincinnati didn't wish him a happy birthday. You know, he had the same birthday as Gaddis. Neither player, you know, not under contract right now, didn't say happy birthday to either one. Uh, that's important. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I don't know. I, I just see that, you know, at least with this relationship and the going back and forth, it seems that, yeah, it, it's created some issues. And like you said, it sounded like Arias's family, you know, was happy being here. They kind of had their kids and some schooling here too. Um but yeah, at this point, it'll be interesting to see because at first you see all this stuff online. Well, Arias is a free agent and, you know, he could be picked up, you know, uh, in reentry draft. Well, no one's picking him up. And then you see, you know, agent talk probably online too. Uh, oh, you know, he was this good player and he's on the Columbia national team. Like, yeah, it, it we really, you know, reestablished his um, reemergence into the Columbia national team, which is great. But then you go to... You know, oh, well, we see rumors. Is he going to go to Corinthians? Is he going to go to all the other places where I think that's agents just trying to boost up his value to get more money? I mean, he's at the end of his career. Let's be honest, he's probably past his days of where he's going to make, you know, the most amount of money that he would. So he's still trying to salvage some of that, too, I feel like. Um, Where he goes next, Sam, I think is kind of vital for his stake in the Columbia national team um, for Copa America. You know, he really needs to be at a place where he's playing consistent minutes and we offer him a good opportunity for that in a position where he'll likely be playing for them too, as he was able to this year. So um, I I think he would be a vital player to bring back, especially because right now, I mean, you have Powell, right wing back. Okay, at least you have one person, but our other backup, Gaddis, he's uncertain. Halsey, he's unproven. So do they expect Halsey to take that next leap? Is that what this year is for? Um, I, I'm really intrigued by both wingback scenarios because 
it's one thing to say you have a deficit in center back, but then you bring in Miles Robinson. You have a deficit in striker, and you bring in Corey Baird. Who do you have at wing back? You know, you have Isaiah Foster as your left wing back right now. I mean, he played in, I don't think, honestly, I don't think he even played in the MLS game last year. So I think that is number one thing on his list, you know, for Chris Albright is to find a replacement for Barry Hall. Um, or, you know, do we convert somebody to that position? You know, is Yuya Kubo the next wing back? I don't know, man. No idea. But it's fascinating. Um, besides him, though, you know, I, I would say that the Mourinho contract is the other thing that I'm looking at. Again, a similar scenario. An offer was made. Again, it, it more seems like, you know, he had a solid year that kind of flew under the radar of some people. I saw, you know, MLS Players Association listed three players that are underrated in 2023 and Mourinho was one of them Nagby was another one of them so I mean you're putting him at the same level as Darlington Nagby too is that more of an ego boost and a thing for him to tell his agent hey try to push for more money for me you know um is that where their kind of disconnection is at but it sounds like he was in Cincinnati it sounds like there's been some sightings of him he's been liking all the Instagram posts you know I know how important that is right He's staying interested in the club, and I think eventually an, a solution is going to be made because ultimately we need Mourinho. If we're not going to get Kellen Acosta, um, I think he's another vital piece. Yeah, I, I think you made a great point. It's kind of very similar to the RS situation with Moreno. Um, you know, offers being made and the agent or our, or Moreno want more money. Um but I, I do want to ask you this question and we can, you know, talk about it a little bit more, but mm -hmm. in your mind for the positions that we have, who's more replaceable Moreno or Arias? Because I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my thought process right now. I think Arias is a lot harder to replace than Moreno 100%. just because of the depth, depth at the position. Yeah. Um, I think, in the midfield, we have guys like Angulo, like Pinto, Kubo, guys that, you know, can step up. Um, right. But I, I think for the right back position, I think we need Arias more than we need Moreno. If we were to choose sure. one, obviously both would be great. The drop in talent at those positions is a little bit more drastic. And at an area where, you know, I kind of consider an outside back like a, you know, cornerback in the NFL, Sam. They're kind of on an island sometimes. So, for them to cover ground and be important in going forward. You know, we saw how vital both of them were in the attack last year, Barial and Arias, but for getting back to and tracking players, um, or if we go to even a four back system at some point, even more of a big deal that you need those solid guys and they're hard to find, like you mentioned. So one thing I wanted to comment, you know, we see Kai Wagner ends up going back to Philly. One player we had on the list that we would have loved to have would have filled Varial's role, but is him being in limbo kind of the thing that made him go back to Philly, Sam? He had kind of stated he would like to stay in the MLS. There was offers, you know, in Europe, but because of the limbo position we had, I don't know if we had enough to bring in Wagner at that point. And if it moved quicker, maybe we see him come, maybe we don't. I don't know. You had Palacios that came and actually visited the club. So, that's another wing back that you had an option for too. Two players, I would say, arguably, they looked at as high as Miles Robinson, to be honest with you, Sam. 
Yeah, I was about to, to bring up Palacios. Um, I, I think that you can make more of a case for Palacios that we had a, a greater chance to sign him than, than Kai Wagner. Um, just because out of the gate, it seemed like Kai was going to be, you know, the number one, you know, probably number two free agent behind Miles. Right. Um, but yeah, to to move on to, you know, more of that depth position, I want to talk a little bit more about Gaddis, right? Mm-hmm. Gaddis and, and Baji alike. I know we hadn't named Baji's name too much, but you you had mentioned that both kind of seem like they're they're going to be gone at this point. Um, Gaddis, obviously, age is a, a big factor in that, but can he still bring a veteran presence to the squad? I mean, I know if we bring back Arias, Arias kind of does that for us. Um, but from a Gattis standpoint, I, I'm trying to think of where he fits into this squad. Um, he, he did a, a pretty decent job playing for us when we needed him. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he stood up for us when we were playing Toronto. Um, right. That will always be a memory. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Um, if he just decides to retire again, if he doesn't get picked up. Um, but with Baji, it just didn't – I wasn't really too high on his return um, to begin with, to be honest. Um, I, I think to Corey Baird coming in, I think he was probably – there's more valuable guys than Baji to be your backup strikers or, or backup nines. Um, and I'd rather get more youth at that position, if I'm being honest. Yeah, that's a good shout because I had seen a lot of, you know, video and photos out recently of Kimi. And it seems like this is year the year for Kimi to really step into more of a role um, because I, I I see his spot, at least on the roster, you know, not taking up as much money as maybe Baji would have wanted that would have, you know, limited us in different positions. So I think you're right. I think they go younger there because at least for now you have two strikers that at least are somewhat starter quality. I would say Baird is kind of a fringe. I wouldn't have him, you know, full year as our no, starting yeah, starter nine, but yeah. for at least now, you know, to plug holes in some ways, you know, he can do that. You have Santos who's had experience starting in the past. Um, so at least you have that, but you're kind of weaker in some ways too, because there's a lacking of some experience, but that's the risk you take, you know, and the way that you have to design your roster and how you have to fill out, you know, some of the last five different spots. Um, you know, I, I think touching on, like we had mentioned Halsey, Halsey's another one where I think this is his year to be bumped up into a, a higher role or Angulo Pinto. Those are guys that you're going to see with more minutes this year, in my opinion. Um, but can we get a starting left back, a starting right back? That is the key right now, in my opinion, you have finally the center back solidified. You have your spine of the field kind of solidified, but we kind of need to round out, you know, the end of this roster. And I don't think it's going to be completed by, you know, the middle of February, even by the first game, to be honest with you, Sam, I I think they look into March, April at some other options. And we've seen, you know, he's not really willing to just, go after people like we used to in the past and just make rash decisions where it kind of handcuffs us again um, in contracts, you know, let's not go and get this guy that, Oh, well, I heard he was good in the second division of Sweden or something. You know what I mean? Like we need a little bit of patience in that sense. We didn't get Obi until I think April or May. Um, So I still think there's hope for that. It's just, it is concerning when you see what the roster was last year and compared to some of the limbo things we have going on right now. 
Yeah, I I agree with you completely. Um, and it, it seems like at this point, you're you're kind of replacing Kimi with, you know, or replacing Baji with Kimi, mm-hmm. right? And you're replacing Halsey with Gaddis, right? And so you're kind of moving those slots up, right? Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with those guys and, and what happens with the depth of you know the roster as a whole. Uh, you know, as the next couple of weeks happen, but to talk more about different transfers, uh, you had mentioned a name in, in Kellen Acosta that still a free agent, which is pretty surprising because wild, arguably probably top three, if not top five free agent, you know, slots in behind Wagner and, and Robinson and those guys. But, um, you know, as of recent has been named as, you know, possibly the most likely to land him or at least mm-hmm. interested in landing him. Um, not much word around him being connected with FC Cincinnati rather than the one meeting that they had had, but, um, wonder what your thoughts are on that. Helen would be again, just such a huge upgrade at that position. We kind of, you know, talked about it in the last podcast too. So I don't need to go too much into it, but just the value that he would bring experience, um, you know, he actually has like family from Japan, Sam. I don't know if you knew that. So him and Kubo having a cool relationship there would be kind of cool. Um, I learned that actually watching some Apple TV on him, kind of like a player profile for the World Cup last year. Um, but yeah, I, I think it would be fascinating if they were able to swing it. I think, like I said, their money attention now is on, you know, either outside backs or keeping some of it for, you know, another striker. Because like you said, we're deeper in the midfield if we can get Mourinho on a decent contract, I think they ultimately lean that way. Kellen was making over a million. It's going to be hard to pay him that much. Um, if that's what he still wants, you know, at this point you're kind of trading or selling the pitch of come to a winning team with all this experience and the potential that you're going to go to MLS cup or go to Chicago where you're maybe a playoff team at best. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think to your point, the money factor is going to be huge, um, especially after the cash that we probably splashed on Miles Robinson um, to bring in a guy like Kellen Acosta. Is it in FC Cincinnati's books? It may be if we don't have to pay, you know, guys like Barrial, guys like Moreno. Like, Well, and like you mentioned with Miles, too, is like, is that a player that has been pitching Kellen to come to Cincinnati, too? You know, is yeah, a situation of national team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they know they're familiar with each other and, you know, I, I think he's probably had a couple other connections with a few players on the roster too, but um, I, I think that would be exciting. I, it looks more bleak than anything at this point, but Sam, moving on to uh, another player, you know, I want to give you a shout out for your calling this guy for potentially being uh, a striker that we're looking at a young forward. Um, Sam, give us, you get, you know, your rundown again of this guy. Yeah. I mean, FC Cincinnati should just hire me as a scout. Um, let's start <laughs> with that. Um, or they're listening to the podcast. Either one is, is probably go. likely. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty funny that, you know, I, I made that pitch for, for Lucifer Hernandez. Um, and lo and behold, FC Cincinnati apparently is, is looking at him as an option, uh, to kind of replace Vasquez or, or at least slot into a similar scenario that, you know, he came in with when he was with Atlanta um, and came to FC Cincinnati. Um, or I guess it was Nashville. He came from Nashville. Yeah, well, Nashville Atlanta, then yeah. Nashville. and yeah. Nashville, but yeah. It was we get kind you. of hodgepodge there. We get you. But, um, 
yeah, I, I think 22 years old could be a good piece for FC Cincinnati. Um, once again, he fills a hole, right? And he, he fills a hole as far as a solidified number nine. Um, he plays as a striker. He It's not like 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 we had talked about in, in, in the podcast prior with Baird and Bupenza, guys that can play you know, the nine, they could play the 10, they could play on the wing, mm-hmm. wherever they, they kind of need to play up top. Whereas Lucifer is a little bit more up front and he's your solid number nine, a um, little bit taller of a guy too. So you're going to get a similar style like Vasquez, um, somebody that can win those balls in the air against center backs. So um, yeah, I think a, a move needs to be made at, at some point. And I think the acquisition of a right back left back would be great that's number one priority um number two priority would be getting our fc cincinnati free agents re-signed and then if we have time um i'd like another striker to at least balance out the depth a little bit i'm a little weary on on santos being a possible starter for fc cincinnati (laughs) i mean he scored a goal against houston to start the year last year you know so i can't knock the guy in that sense he had some decent games it's just He's so spotty and for what we pay him is what I'm more concerned about. So if you bring young Lucifer in, is he going to want a big, you know, transfer fee or, you know, large salary? What is he going to take up and what is his productivity? You know, he's young, he's unproven. He's from a smaller league technically. So I don't know if he's, he's not your day one starter, but he could definitely, like you said, develop into that. It's just, for a win now scenario of you're paying miles, you're paying Corey. I think they want maybe a home run potential towards the latter half of the year to get us through a playoff push or something like that. Um, or that might set us up for, you know, following years with Bupenza and another pairing potentially. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Um, but, you know, I, I wanted to just give you credit for that because that was impressive that you called that. And then, what, two weeks later, then they announced, at least somebody announced, I don't know who it was. I think it was MLS Moves on Instagram. But uh, they said, oh, you know, FC Cincinnati's interested. You go and look at the player profile, Sam. He follows FC Cincinnati on his Instagram. Yes, he does. It's all about Instagram. It's all about it. That's all about the gram. what we looked at. Yeah, it's all about the gram. It was probably the reels. He probably watched the reels and then went and followed the team. <laughs> well, we right, we tagged him. We tagged him on the reels, so he was like, oh, yeah, that, yeah. Really? Now, I didn't realize we, that. <laughs> we did. So did we just connect him in FC? Did we, did, did we just make the signing? Did Interesting. We do Interesting. I don't, I don't know about that one, but that, that's fascinating. Sam, I think uh, that covers a lot of the news that I had, um, you know, for this past week. Um, I'm pumped, like I said, you know, just for games to be starting up here soon to actually get some soccer going again. I was watching all the playoffs for football and it just made me miss soccer more. You know, I I really just miss the orange and blue. It's only been like a month or so, but, um, you know, we have it for the majority of the year and then you have a month or six weeks off and you're like, itching you know i'm refreshing my feed and looking for news and looking for information and stuff so um i'm sure the social media team is like sick of everyone going through and making comments on it but you can tell that this you know city is excited and that's the biggest thing that i just wanted to comment on is you look at how much traction us getting into the playoffs and winning a shield has brought attention to us 
has brought more attention to fans. Like let's just build into this season. And when you have uncertainty in some of the roster, it, it makes you nervous. Like I want to keep these fans. I want to keep everyone interested in it. Um, I don't think that'll be a, a problem necessarily, but it, it is funny. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be a problem, but it's definitely cool to see. Um, I, I think it it speaks more to growth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot more people that are getting in touch with FC Cincinnati and um, kind of riding the wave, if you will, when they get into town, it's, you know, when is FC Cincinnati playing? Who do they play? Rather than, you know, the Reds or the Bengals, which is is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Obviously, we want to uplift all the other Cincinnati teams, but it, it's nice to see FC kind of creating its own platform aside from, you know, the others, because the others are, are down by the banks, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get FC Cincinnati that's a little bit north and, <laughs> they've they've kind of created their home up there, which is is really cool. So um, yeah, yeah, really excited to get into it. Preseason starting, everything like like I just let's get into it. Let's talk about things, rumors. I, I want everything. Give me content. Yeah, well, and like the actual gameplay, you know, I I miss like the training videos and stuff like that, and just seeing like I said, soccer being played. But speaking on like educating people, I I tweeted out today. I don't know if you saw this, but. I was perusing some of the games for this year and, you know, some of the tickets available for the various home matches. Um, Inter Miami is coming to play us on July 6th of this year, Sam. The tickets are around $250 per ticket to see possibly an Inter Miami team that likely will not have Lionel Messi, that likely will not have a few other key contributors, uh, including Luis Suarez with his Uruguay team. So the Copa America tournament for these national teams is going on in the U.S. at the same time. July 6th will be the quarterfinals round, I think the fourth and fifth for where Argentina is at, but the sixth is also a game day. So potentially one possibly even more big stars from their team that aren't even going to be there. And these ticket prices are $250. I just thought it was like ridiculous. Yeah. I think it was interesting that, you know, a lot of FC fans are probably giving other teams crap um, specifically sporting KC. Yeah. Good shout doing good shout and moving their game to the Chiefs stadium at Arrowhead because Messi and, and folks are coming to town. Um, but now you, you dive and you look at FC Cincinnati's tickets and you're like, Oh, $250. Oh, um, looks like we're, we're not so much different. Um, but I, I'm sure. I don't know if that's created from us or is that people in the surrounding areas that see, Oh, well, FC Cincinnati plays in Miami and I live in Indy or I live in Louisville. You know, and I want to go see them play. I don't know if that's the case or not, because I feel like our fans are fairly educated on that. But yeah, I don't, I don't want to put the blame on 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 the club or on our fans or anybody like that. I just, I, I just think it's interesting, right? Obviously, yeah. it's it's something yeah. that's going to happen around the MLS, right? This guy comes to town, tickets go up, like right, it's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter if you're a club that's like, Hey, we're trying to keep club costs down or we're trying to, you know, help the fans out. It doesn't matter. It right. doesn't matter. The, the kind of ambiance that surrounds this guy, wherever he goes, um, I mean, it's going to bring more prices. So it's um, funny to me. I mean, he was named the FIFA player of the year for last year and 
you know, I, I see this tweet out today uh, by this journalist saying, you know, Leagues Cup is recognized around the world as, you know, this elite competition. And it's like if you actually watched and paid attention to this, which I don't think this guy does at all, you would realize that everyone hates the Leagues Cup. They hate the way that it messes up the MLS scheduling. He's only saying that because, well, Messi, you know, won Leagues Cup and look at all this attention it brought. It's like, well, if the dude was here all year, it probably would have been other competitions and you wouldn't have said that. And he won the award because of the World Cup, not because of Leagues Cup. So I don't know what he's getting at with this and referencing that. But um, yeah, I think it was fascinating. It was a good point. I wanted to bring that up too about Kansas City is like, you look at the Sporting KC fans and how upset they are at their club for moving this game to Arrowhead. I mean, to your point, if you go to this site, I mean, do you reap the benefits of, you know, the tickets and stuff? Is it technically, you know, yours to get, or is it more of a neutral site game at that point? You know, like, um, I don't know. I don't know how that affects profits and stuff like that too, but more just from the standpoint of, you know, Casey's got their own stadium, you know, for those people that want to look at this, I think sporting Kansas city is hosting a Copa America game. I looked at this actually today. So how are you going to tell me a Copa America game is going to be held in this stadium, but Messi comes to town and then all of a sudden you're going to move it to Arrowhead? Like, really? Great soccer atmosphere there in Kansas City. They don't sell out. <laughs> They're a bunch of great soccer fans. That's what it sounds like to me. I, I mean, I got to give KC fans like respect. It, it's not really on the, the fans of them creating. It seems like the club was the one that, you know, drove this. Um, no, I'm, I, I'm I just think, saying, I'm just saying the, the, like the front offices don't have oh, respect sure. for the fans. That's yeah. That's what, yeah. That's what Got I'm saying. Gotcha. More yeah. Like, yeah, they don't I have to feel bad for, for the fans right. because like you have no respect for right. the people that, that want it at the soccer specific stadium. We were talking about yeah. when we were possibly going to get, you know, a world cup game and people were like, Oh, they should, they should have it at Paul Brown. No, why would you do that? We have a soccer specific stadium right here. That's why we built it. And I'm sure, you know, the other yeah. people are, are screaming that from the rooftop it's, as well. Yeah. I mean, for that event, I think there is a capacity minimum for that potentially, but I hear what you're saying. I mean, you build this soccer specific stadium for these reasons, you know, for these big games. And then uh, to see them kind of offload, it was, was fascinating. Um, especially as a season ticket holder, you want to be in your seat for that game. You know, you want to see, all of these big moments in that seat. And then you're going to kind of be disconnected from that by going to NFL stadium. Um, it's gotta be frustrating for them. So shout out to them. We support you guys, you know, um, you know, and they whooped up on St. Louis this past year. I think a lot of people were happy about that too, but um, Sam, we can wrap this one up here unless you have anything else you wanted to touch on. No, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll hit you with the trivia of the week again. Um, for those who missed out on it in the, the previous part of the podcast, it was who was FC Cincinnati's most expensive signing in terms of transfer fee and from which club did they acquire this player? Um, Ryan went with Brenner as his answer. The answer, as of the latest available data, because we still have a transfer window going on, was Jurgen Locadia is really? FC Cincinnati's most expensive signing acquired from Brighton for 10 million euros. Um, and it was a loan transfer. So we took on his 10 million. I think with that, I mean, a loan, technically you just take the player's salary is my understanding. 
Mm-hmm. So at least like based on his worth or his transfer fee, I think like 10 million would cap it or be the top. Um, what was Brenner's then is my question. Do you know Brenner's that off the top uh, of your head? I do not. I think it I think was around right. the same because we wanted to break even on his transfer fee. I think he might even be close, but that's interesting. There could be a toss up for this trivia of the week. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that's fat. I mean, the loan aspect I think is what throws you for it for sure. Because when players get loaned, you take on the salary of the player, but I don't think you take on the full transfer fee for it. That's the advantage of the loan. So not to, sorry, not to go against your person, but <laughs> no, I um <laughs> I think it was based off of his his transfer fee value. I think that that's what based on what the, the value numbers were saying there. Yes. Okay. I want to look that up real quick just to see what Brenner was. So Sam and I were talking during the break, though. I mean, you can film in what we were chatting on while I look this up. On, um, you know, we were looking to basically see uh, if Brenner had played for Udinese. He got transferred to the Italian team. He tore his quad back in like September. He had surgery on it. Sam, fill us in. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, looks like, uh, you know, Brenner may have been on the bench for one of the games, um, as reported by Laurel. Um, I, I think the interesting thing is we were talking about there, there are no pictures or anything of him in or any video. So mm-hmm. we're still not sure if it actually happened, but, um, obviously, we, we trust the in, the journalistic integrity, um, and so it, it's exciting to see one of our players, you know, play at that club level. But um, I'd like to actually see it. So if we could see that, that would be that'd be great. That would be cool. I mean, I would love to support him and like get a Brenner jersey from Udinese. That'd be kind of cool. I don't know me personally. So. It is a club record multi-million dollar transfer fee for Brenner, which was um, 13 million, Sam. <laughs> so Brenner is the answer for the trivia. <laughs> you can just cut that part in. I That's okay. It's all good. I just wanted to make sure that was the, <laughs> the correct one. But, but hey, like you said, this is fluid. Who knows? We're going to be bringing this big striker Mbappe in for multi-million dollar transfer fee. No, I I don't know. I don't think uh I don't think we can afford him. What do you think? I don't know. I I think <laughs> Carl Linder's got some some stuff under under his sleeves. Support your local UDF everyone. <laughs> That's how we get Mbappe. Eat more UDF and he's coming to FC Cincinnati. That's right. Well, everyone, thanks again for tuning in. We'll probably be giving you another episode here in another week or two, obviously just depending on the content that's out there. Again, the season has officially started. Uh, The team's been training, um, I think, starting today, but I don't know technically with the weather if they ended up going outside or not. They probably were doing a lot indoors, probably a lot of initial, you know, health-related things as well. We wish, uh, you know, Nick Haglin a speedy recovery. You know, he's coming back from his hamstring surgery. I'm really hoping that Nick will be available, um, you know, probably in March is what I'm thinking. Um, But hopefully sooner than that, we'll see. But thanks again, Sam. We'll see you next time.